Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Good morning, Southern Middle Tennessee. It's another week. It's a chilly Monday morning, and we are well into fall, y'all. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. We're going to have a big time. We've got a special show today. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, has parked the school bus and entered the building. How's it going on? Yeah, it's going well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Oh, me. Everybody's back to school. Fall break really changes the pattern of our lives doesn't it it does it, it, it yeah, really we, does we're, we're just we're getting readjusted in the school children are all back in school and everybody with school-aged children went to somewhere to the, the, uh, on fall break we didn't have I, I don't think my children had fall break we did not yeah. 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 yeah yeah you're my children's age my yeah. children are late 30 40 ish uh they they did not have fall break. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how you doing? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Look like we got a full house this morning, huh? We got a full house, and we got a special show. We have a special guest, and I'm going to introduce him in just a second here. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, you know, she usually doesn't come on Monday, but Debbie Matthews, how you doing? Good morning. So glad to be here. I'm so excited. So and another, yeah, and another special friend of the station, Carrie Powers. How you doing? Excellent. Happy Monday. You come on Monday, except when your three kids got you doing something else. <laughs> I've been scarce lately. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, and they're all grown or nearly grown, but uh, that that mom job still it takes a bit. They're, takes a they're bit. There's still a list it? for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and Carrie is a big, big, big Orange fan been known to paint entire vehicles orange and white um, so i will say congratulations to all my bama friends as much as it hurts congratulations mm. that second half didn't go too well clayton what did clayton miss york what if, what do y'all think happened I, I i thought they had them shucks gary i thought the big orange had them the first half i did too if if a first they, half could win they, a game it would have been and they folded the like way, right? a lawn chair i said golly all right i was rooting for them Mm. Yeah, of course, Clayton's happy. He's an Alabama fan. <laughs> he is an Alabama fan. You, you know, it, just a tale of two halves. I mean, that's really all you can say. Um, that sounds like a gracious winner right there. Yeah, I'm trying to be as nice <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah, you want to really go. Wait till we get off the air. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's, I, I, have, I really have not said a word to anybody because I know how I know how it feels. I mean, I've you know. I, yeah. I did not talk smack to any Alabama people during the first half because I. <laughs> yeah, we knew their second half was coming. Yeah, Coach Mike Lyle on the board. I've uh, been coaching football all his life. And uh, what do you think happened, Coach? Uh, the adjustments that uh, Coach Heupel tried to make didn't get executed. That's basically what it came down to. Tennis, uh, Alabama made the adjustments and executed them. Uh, whatever they, they figured out, what. Tennessee was doing to them in the first half, made adjustments to fix it, and they fixed it. And uh, and then Alabama, or excuse me, Tennessee got behind the, what they what we t- typically call behind the sticks. Got a couple of penalties offensively, and and just forced them into a type of game that they're not suited to play right now. And that that was the bottom line. There we go. Mm. Well, you know, 
from my perspective, I over the weekend, you know, I went to and Mary Sue and I both graduated from Vanderbilt. Uh, we were with some other Vanderbilt alums over the years, and we were just sitting around and you know just going, "Hey, we scored twenty points on Georgia." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it gives you a different perspective, folks. I'm telling you. All right. Yeah. Normally zero, right, Dell? Yep, yep. Twenty points on Georgia. I mean, hey, you know, doesn't matter that Georgia got thirty six. <laughs> and uh, another regular guest, and he's he's here for a reason. We'll talk about it here in a minute. Ron Hart, how you doing, man? Good morning. Tennessee fans should feel pretty good though. Y'all y'all dominated that robbery since two thousand twenty two. <laughs> yes, that was yeah, that was true. A, that. An optimist view right yeah. now, right? Yeah, lopsided ever since mm-hmm. then. True that. And Ron's with us for for a reason because we have a special guest. Uh, it's uh, uh, wait a minute. May I under, name, may right? I introduce Chad? Well, Chadwick Moore. Go ahead, Debbie. Well, he's uh, he is graciously chosen to come to the conservative Republican meeting tonight at the Memorial Building. Chadwick is. If you're trying to adjust your screens, if you're watching on Facebook, this is not Fox, a Tucker show, or Laura Ingram, or Gutfeld. We actually have Columbia's own Chadwick Moore here, who's mostly seen on Tucker or Gutfeld. And uh, we're just so proud to have you home. Welcome. Great to be home. And he's now, how long have you been on the best-selling list for Tucker, the book you've just penned? Uh, We were on the New York Times list for three weeks. Should have been five, but, you know, the New York Times didn't want to acknowledge we existed for a little while. You know how they Conservative Republican, of right? course, and yeah, Tucker, yeah. You know, so anyway, Del, right. welcome Columbia's own Chadwick Moore. Yeah, Chadwick Moore. All right, folks. Chadwick Moore is a New York Times best-selling author, journalist, and contributing contributing editor at the Spectator. He has written for the New York Times, New York Post, Playboy, Breitbart, The Advocate, and Out magazines, among others. Chadwick was a regular guest on Tucker Carlson tonight including appearing on its final episode and previously appeared on numerous Fox News programs. His new book, Tucker, a biography of Tucker Carlson, that's an authorized biography, is available now. Born in Tennessee, Chadwick lives in Brooklyn, New York. And let's see, I've got another one here on Chad. Now this one, Chadwick, this, you you actually set for an interview with Steve Inskip Inskeep at NPR. Did you do that? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know what I was doing. It was a long time ago. I was very naive. Yeah, <laughs> Folks, we I all mean, have to I learn. I think most of, yeah. most of you know the NPR is you know state radio. It's it's leftist propaganda paid for by the taxpayers. Yeah, uh, and uh, Steve Inskeep. Skeep, if you've ever listened to him, I mean, if if I was sitting there, you know, with my adopted black. Uh, grandparents my you know black parents who adopted me and i had four black children i had adopted sitting in front of me steve inskip would still call me a white supremacist i mean <laughs> this, this guy's a loony tune yes. of the worst order but anyway until september writes uh steve inskip how do you pronounce it inskip i think it's inskip whatever yeah whatever who cares i mean if he showed up around here it wouldn't work out well Uh, until september journalist chadwick moore says his life has been lived in a liberal bubble one that burst after he wrote a profile uh milo yiannopoulos i can't pronounce that name yiannopoulos yeah yiannopoulos for out magazine 
Yiannopoulos is a gay blocker for gay blogger for Breitbart and a provocateur who so favors Donald Trump he calls him daddy. Yiannopoulos <laughs> has inspired such ferocious online attacks as others that he was banned from Twitter. That's an odd. Well, hopefully he's back on there now. Moore's article was critical, but also let Yiannopoulos be heard and included a professional photo shoot. As soon as it was published, Moore was attacked so severely, he says it pushed him to rethink his political allegiance. He became the subject of a New York Post story earlier this month, headlined, I'm a gay New Yorker, and I'm coming out as a conservative. And that is not as easy to do in Brooklyn as it is in Columbia, Tennessee. I take uh, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. Moore tells uh, NPR Steve Inskeep that the personal attacks, including being shunned by his liberal friends, caused him to lose respect for the left. He says people like him are part of a brand new conservative. Conservative. <laughs> We were born in the Democratic Party. Somebody set our house on fire. We went running out, and the right has been so welcoming to people like me. There's there's so many of us, he says. Uh, on response to Yiannopoulos' profile, let's see. How his friends reacted. Friends, immediately after the story ran, people I knew in places where I hang out would turn around and walk away from me and not talk to me at all, says Chadwick Moore. As I sort of started seeing this behavior among my peers, I began the challenge. Then more and more, say how how can you at least not listen to this person's argument? And by the way, if you really are intent on destroying people like Milo Yiannopoulos, then it isn't beneficial to learn about him, to know what he's about, his weakness, and to beat him by being uh, smarter and better arguments. But nobody is interested in that; they just name call. Okay, Chadwick Moore. Now, now, did you grow up? You graduated high school here, right? <clears throat> no, I was born here uh, when I was little. My family moved to Illinois and then moved back when I was about 18, but I was already in college at that point. Okay. And your mom uh, lives here, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. My mom, my grandparents are always here. My my whole extended family is here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's uh, a Sellers now, right? Martha yes. Sellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Martha Sellers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Somebody. Beautiful person. Yeah, Wonderful. Some of, them, some of you might well know uh, Martha and Ron Sellers, uh, who are yeah. important parts of this community. Uh, all right, Chad McMoore, and then uh, Ron Hart is on with us. Now, he and Tucker Carlson are – do you all know each other? He and Tucker are, are uh, friends, as as Chad McMoore and Tucker are friends. Uh, and I believe, Ron, you're going to be in, what, New York or tomorrow night or the next night with some kind uh, of – D.C., the Mayflower Hotel there. Uh, the, uh, Tucker's being honored at a dinner at uh, Tuesday night, I think it is, at the Mayflower in D.C., and I think most of you know the Tucker Carlson story at this point. He was uh, abruptly fired by Fox News and has gone out on his own to uh, <laughs> have much higher rate. I mean, yes, much higher is not the right word. We're talking like five, six, seven, eight hundred percent higher right. ratings uh, out there uh, online than he had even at Fox News. And uh, Chadwick, I understand you were there. Uh, right there when tucker was let go fired whatever <laughs> how did that go yeah we so I, you know i was working on this biography um you know we started a year and a half ago so long before we had any idea this was going to happen and as you mentioned earlier i was on the final episode of his show i was a regular guest on tucker's show for basically the entire run and um you know that final episode of course nobody knew what was going to happen uh so we were basically done with the book um 
when this did happen, so we you know, push back publication. I interviewed Tucker a few more times. We added more chapters. And so the book sort of ends about two weeks after his show was taken off the air. And I'm, and okay. I'm kind of with him getting what he's going through and what he thinks happened and exploring everything that happened. And, uh, at, you know, at this point, you know, Fox really showed its true colors, which I think they'd been showing for a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah, their we, viewers had been fed up with them for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. dropped Fox uh, Fox News, you know, on the hour. We dropped them uh, in August of this year. And uh, when I called up um, <laughs> the Salem Broadcasting Network, <laughs> they said, you know, that they're, they're literally that, you know, they're taking multiple calls a day wanting to drop Fox from radio <laughs> stations around the country. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So, but you think you know why Tucker got fired, right? Can we talk about that the next segment? We're about to take a Sure, break. yeah. But you think that you have an idea. Might have been his next day monologue, right? Uh, yeah, well, I think, uh, yeah, I think I have a good idea why he was fired. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, just just a little more about Chadwick, though. So you were born here in Columbia. That's right. Murray County Hospital. And right then basically the grew up elsewhere. Yep. Uh, we moved to uh, the Chicago suburbs when I was a baby, when I was very young, and then to downstate Illinois to Champaign. And then um, when I graduated high school, my mother moved back here because she always wanted to come back to Tennessee. And so, um, so that was after you graduated high school in Illinois, you moved back here. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I was in college. She moved here, and so I was in. You know, we were always coming here for every holiday to visit my grandmother and family. So I was, I was always in Columbia many times a year, and uh, and then. Um, when I graduated high school, then my mother permanently moved back to here, so I was here even even more. You um, went to the University of Iowa, is that right? Yes. What did you get yeah. your degree in? Uh, English and journalism. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. beautiful. And then what – What? Uh, so you, you've you've had a, a, a successful career as a writer. Um, I mean, is that what you call yourself, a writer? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that works, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he, public speaker. Yeah, yeah. Activist. Mm-hmm. Advocate. Best-selling author. Yes. Be- best-selling, best-selling author. Yeah, yes. New York Times best-selling author. That's right. And he's going to be selling those books tonight and signing them at the Memorial Building at 6 o'clock. So if you had not gotten your Tucker autobiography you got to get it tonight. It's not an autobiography. Well, it's a biography. I mean, an authorized biography. biography. Yes, sorry about that. Authorized biography. So you'll be able to get one tonight and get it signed by the author that's a Columbia native. I think that's wonderful. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, let's take that break you're talking about, Debbie. We'll come back. years, people all over Middle Tennessee have returned to Parks Motor Sales again and again because they get the best vehicles and best service possible. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for options. New Buicks, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and more. Then stop by 919 Nashville Highway, test drive a Buick, and see why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trotwood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
Life gets busy, and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm, and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Monday edition, three dudes with view. I mean, yep. I mean, I'm Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. All right, Clayton, you're a little muffled there. Uh, dude number one, Mr. Jimmy Ork, how are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody on the show and in the world. Oh, we, the community. <laughs> we got a we got a room full this morning. Uh, friend of the station, regular guest, native son of Columbia, seventy seven graduate. Of Columbia Central High School, Ron Hart, how you doing? Good morning. Debbie Matthews, how are you? Good morning. So proud to be here. And Carrie Powers, who uh, is also another friend of the session. It's delightful to have you back. Thank you. Happy Monday again. All right. Our very special guest is uh, Columbia, another native son of Columbia, uh, Chadwick Moore. Uh, he's an, a writer, journalist, author, New York Times best-selling author, uh, and Chadwick. Let, let's. I, I do want to talk about Tucker Carlson, and that's the biography that you recently published. You'll be uh, signing and selling those tonight at what six o'clock? Six o'clock building? at the Memorial Building. We're letting him be our special guest at the Conservative Republican meeting starting at six. Get there at five thirty. We've got some pizza and cookies just to feed people so they can come from work without starving to death. There we go. But uh, Chadwick, tell us how, where you know you. Uh, uh, graduated college and your journey took you to the point where Iowa. What's that? Is it Iowa? Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. And yeah. is he still on? Yes. Yep. Where is he? Okay. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, he's, he's not showing up on the board. There you go. He. Uh, but tell us about your journey. How did you get from Columbia, Tennessee, uh, to being a New York Times best-selling author? Uh, basically, you've outed yourself as a gay conservative uh a gay conservative and that was very much a part of your journey tell tell us about your journey to where you are today wow uh yeah i mean it it, uh you know i guess one thing i learned really early on when i i moved to new york when i was barely 22 so i I even skipped my college graduation because i wanted to i knew i wanted to work in publishing i knew i wanted to be a writer and that's where you go and i wanted to get to work and I guess what I learned really early on is, uh, which you know, I wish they would have taught you in journalism school, was just how nepotistic the publishing industry is, and how journalism is, and also all the bias and how you know, the sort of culture of it is not really what how it's romanticized a lot by by members of its own community and the media. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it was very hard. I mean, I was in New York for a very long time, you know, working restaurant jobs, or whatever, trying to be a writer, and and then along the way you get a couple breaks and get some things published, um, and. Uh, and then I kind of reached a point where I was um, able to 
barely support myself as a full-time writer at working for various magazines and freelancing for liberal places like the New York Times. But I never was wrote about politics. I was always interested in human stories and investigative. Uh, and so I just sort of, I you know, I had my political views, which I don't really think have changed that much, but I just sort of kept them at bay. And I always felt that, you know, I guess I'm a I'm a I'm a live and let live kind of guy, and I was always sort of raised in this extremely liberal environment, both socially and professionally. That uh, you know, well, if you um, if you believe in um, you know equality, if you believe in free speech, if you believe in these things, then you know you're a Democrat and you just vote. And if you belong to a certain class of people, then you obviously you're just a Democrat. That's the way it is. So I always voted Democrat, but I I didn't really think too much about it. You know, there's so many, and I think there's a lot of people in the Democrat Party, especially young people who are just sort of Democrat zombie voters, as I call them. That's just yeah. what you do. Right. Exactly. What everyone else is exactly. doing. And I think it's the same in a lot of you know re- ethnic communities and and various other communities. That's just what you do because that's what your neighbors do, and that makes you a good person. Uh, but it wasn't until around the time that Trump was coming onto the scene in 2015, 2016, that uh, I really began to think about what was happening, and, and then start listening to him, and you know, realize. I kind of like this guy. And uh, it was just a bunch of before that, there'd been some sort of some sort of cracks in the narrative, especially in working in media, where I would just see how terribly wrong all these, you know, very celebrated journalists were getting something and how they were just at some point just straight out lying. So I was beginning to come become more suspicious of my own industry at a time when I also began to question what it was that I believed. And I never felt I guess, you know, a lot of it came down to I never really thought about what the end game of the left was. You just listen to their they're empty bromides all the time, and you don't really think about what um, exactly is going on and what they really stand for and what they're really hoping to accomplish. So when I began thinking about those things and um, and realizing that perhaps I was standing on the wrong side, um, you know, that's when I felt I participated in this piece of the New York Post coming out as conservative, which very naively so. I didn't think anyone really read. I just thought I just have to get something off my chest. You know, I don't want anyone, if anyone happens to read this, I don't want them to think that I'm like these other people. And this had occurred just after the inauguration. That was actually the impetus for me Two, wanting to. 2016. Think. 2016 inauguration when I saw right. the left losing their minds. Yeah. Yeah, 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 2017. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It was February 2017. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just was so disgusted with how the left was behaving simply because we had a, a new duly elected, fairly elected president. And I just thought, I don't want anyone to think I'm like these people because I'm not just because I'm a gay guy who lives in New York and works in media, which you would automatically assume that I would be like that. Right. Uh, and then, of course, that piece um, uh, went viral, uh, which I didn't realize it would. And uh, and then, you know, I got fired from all my jobs, of course. And and to be clear, this is this, uh, the piece with Steve Inski. So, uh, Steve, it was um, Steve Inski had found the piece so the okay. piece was in the new york post npr saw it because everyone was talking about it at the time and asked me if i'd come on npr and talk about it which i did um oh boy yeah i know I, yeah, that's I, baptism by fire. i still regret not pushing back at that jerk harder than i did but of course they edit you know it's pre, it was pre-recorded so they edited a lot oh they're, they're going to yeah. edit it to say of what course yeah. I, now i know to never do pre-record with uh, liberal media no and i haven't since but <laughs> yeah so what happened when you yeah, came what out? happened well, yeah what happened? yeah so i so actually so, um, so, i mean so you, <clears throat> you 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 publish this piece and then you get this interview with steve yeah Ensky, and and so you're outed as a conservative gay guy in New York. Yeah. What happened? So uh, it was, you know, way harder to come out as a conservative in New York City at, in 2017 than it was to come out as a gay guy when I was in high school in, in uh, downstate Illinois, in rural Illinois, and um, which is a very conservative area. Uh, and uh, so I was, you know, 
so at that time, a lot of media was reaching out to me, and that's when I um, was first introduced to Tucker Carlson because his show reached out to ask me to come on uh, to talk about the piece. Um, it was only my second time ever on television, and um, uh, it was the the following day after I was on Tucker's show that I was fired from my jobs at Out in the Advocate, which are uh, two gay magazines. They're probably trans magazines now, but at the time they were gay magazines. And um, That's a whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, so, and then after that, it was like all my friends just were totally gone. They like, couldn't be associated, which was interesting because, you know, I always thought of my friends, and these were friends I'd had for, you know, 15 years or longer. Right. That, um, you know, they, they were very liberal, um, but I always thought of them as sort of, you know, priding themselves on being kind of intellectuals and open-minded well, open-minded that's the thinking people to call themselves right, thinking right, people yeah right, right. and that was that was the most shocking thing of all to realize how sort of stupid and closed-minded they actually were and wow. and fearful yeah. you know can't be associated with someone who we have this new evil man in the white house and we right. can't be associated with someone who doesn't hate him as much as we do right isn't that crazy it's crazy yeah so the, the whole borg mentality of the, of the left was on full display as it continues to be but you know, when you're in it, you don't really see it as much. It was sort of when the mob started coming for me and I was thrust outside of that bubble that I um, began to see what they're really like. Because before you're just kind of living your life and you don't really notice. Yeah, you notice things, but not to the extent of when you're uh, the subject of their unbridled rage and hatred. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's... he's the second person. I, I have a friend that's a lesbian. Yeah, and Debbie. she said it was it was harder to come out as a Trump supporter to her family than a lesbian. She yeah. actually said that, and uh-huh. you just said it as well. Yeah. Well, now yeah. what what you know what did uh, what 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 was the catalyst? What what made you think? Okay, you know I, I'm I really am a conservative. That's where I'm. That's where I feel comfortable. Well, I knew that I was just not left. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'd always, I mean, being from Tennessee and I've, I've have in my family here in Columbia, I've got both Democrats and Republicans and, and, you know, um, blessed that I don't come from the Democrats. My family aren't crazy people that like abandoned you over politics. Family is always more important, you know, so that right. the political differences has never affected my family, which is wonderful. Um, you know, I think just realizing the left was totally full of it. And I just began really looking into these things that I always thought I believed and even just their usual talking points of, you know, anything you can name, like the gender wage gap or, uh, you know, police shootings of unarmed black men or anything that they constantly shove down people's throats. Um, any negative thing they say about the Republican Party. Um, I just began looking into it. I never thought that conservatives or Republicans were evil or bigots because I'd just been around them my whole life. You know, I knew they weren't like that. Unlike people you know, who grew up in the Northeast or New York City and have no connection whatsoever with conservatives, where they just believe media tropes. Um, but I, you know, I realized that, that my values, which are very much of a kind of civil libertarian, different than different than capital L libertarian, but it's just sort of, I'm a very leave me alone, live and like live guy, um, which I always had sort of associated with the left. Uh, but I realized that that wasn't the case at all. That's actually something those values are more at home on the right. Uh, in one certain corners of the right, particularly. Um, so I think that was sort of it. It was, you know, these things I thought the left stood for, you know, turned out never to be true, especially when it came to things like free speech. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, nationalistic and I don't like foreign wars and interventions unless it's absolutely necessary. That was something I always just sort of associated with the left. You know, the anti-war peace people. Um, but not that's, not, that's obviously not true anymore. <laughs> they, are, they are the warmongers. Uh, right. All right. So you got to – we're coming up on the end of the second segment. We only got one more. So 
Uh, Tucker Carlson invited you to be on after uh, these, this piece was published, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to be uh, acquainted with Tucker Carlson. Friends ended up uh, with an authorized biography of Tucker Carlson. How did that come about? Yeah, he, so this was not you know Tucker's idea. Tucker doesn't really like that kind of attention. He he has never read anything about himself. Uh, he he you know, and I saw this working on this book and spent a lot of time with him over the last year. You know, I kind of saw the extent to which he protects himself and his family from all the noise about himself, both negative and overly positive. Uh, but I, um, you know, it was my publisher who had the idea for the book, All Seasons Press, and they they said we want to do a book on Tucker Carlson and we want you to write it. You know, we think that he's the most important, influential voice in conservative politics. And I was honored and I called up Tucker and uh, Tucker was sort of like, oh, you know, I don't really like that kind of attention and and, uh, nah. And I'm like, that's okay. I understand. And then he sort of like said, well, wait a minute. And he he started talking about columns I'd written. I didn't know he even read the stuff that I wrote for The Spectator and some other places. And uh, in the course of our conversation, he sort of talked himself into it. And he was like, well, you're a really good writer. And I remember this one piece you wrote about this. And and he said, well, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah, come on down. I'll give my wife's phone number. You can connect with her. And um, that's sort of how it got started. There you I go. love it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And they are going to be tonight. He's going to be our right, special Debbie, speaker yep. tonight at the Conservative Republican meeting, which meets the fourth Monday of every month at the Memorial Building at 6 o'clock. He's going to be our special guest tonight. He will have books to sign of Tucker. Yes. Do You, you didn't bring any of the – so you, you uh, survived diversity training. No, did I you? didn't bring those. Okay. I should have. That's another book he wrote in 2022. So, yeah, that's exciting. So tonight he will be with us at the Memorial Building, 6 o'clock, show up at 5 30 have a bite to eat hear a great story about what i believe tucker is a fantastic voice for the conservative movement but i do believe chadwick is up there because it is important to hear from a gay man as a conservative on what they're having to go through in in their own community just to have a independent thought and i think that that's what we're lacking and those voices are very important there we go let's take a break come back let's talk about uh, tucker carlson This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Cherry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Let's talk about antique versus vintage jewelry. Did you know antique is over 100 years old and vintage is 50 to 100 years? Tillis Jewelry, located downtown Columbia, has a wonderful collection from Georgian, Victorian, Edwardian, and Art Deco. We select every piece for their timeless beauty. Stop by and select your favorite piece. Jewelry to last a lifetime. Remember, Tillis Jewelry, your antique and vintage jewelry store. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Have you been putting off maintenance and repairs around your home? This month, Hiller is making it cheaper than ever to get your fall to-do list done. Take advantage of half off your heating tune-up and make sure your family is warm all winter long. And for just $99, Hiller's trusted pros will clear your slow or clogged drain. Don't wait until your home's little problems become big ones. Visit HappyHiller.com today to schedule. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Three Dudes Review, Monday edition. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three, dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right. We got a room full. Our special guest is Chadwick Moore, uh, native son of Columbia, New York Times, best-selling author, uh, outing himself basically as a gay Republican and, and uh, conservative, I guess is there's, there's a difference there in new york and uh ended up without friends and without a job 
became acquainted with Tucker Carlson at some point and and uh, just recently published uh, the authorized biography of T- Tucker Carlson. Good morning, Chabot. Good morning. All right, folks that are here with us to participate in this discussion, Ron Hart, who's a, a personal friend of Tucker Carlson's as well. How you doing, man? Good morning. And uh, Carrie Powers, who's just a friend of the station. How you doing? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Chadwick, tell us tell us about Tucker Carlson, about his journey and, and who he is. Well, he's uh you know, I guess it is he's someone who um well, he's a he's a writer first and foremost. He's a very literary guy. He didn't he kind of stumbled into television and he just happened to be so extremely talented. But he his you know, his real passion is writing. Uh and you know, those A block monologues that he was so famous for, that's all him. Um, it, and I could tell when I was working on this book that that's very much a creative outlet for him and very important to him to to write that. And, uh, you know, he's someone who he doesn't really – and I think this is probably an evolution of his um, – he went from being a kind of beltway, neocon, pro-Iraq war Bush guy to really rejecting that. And it actually – when he, he went to Iraq in 2003 to report on what was happening there for Esquire magazine – and that's when he came back and said he realized that you know neoconservatives are just liberals with guns. That's when he really started to kind of turn away from the Washington establishment. I think that his other great um, transition has been more recently where he has become sort of less concerned with politics per se. And he's more interested in the bigger questions of um, family, faith, uh, morality, beauty. And he sees politics as sort of downstream from that. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's the sort of things that he wants to talk about that he's far more interested in talk about, whether it's just like, oh, Trump or DeSantis or this or that. Uh, it's those kind of bigger questions. And, and, and you know, in real life, he's, he's a really thoughtful guy. He's really, really funny, as I'm sure everyone can imagine. Um, extremely personable and, and just, you know, an open book. Uh, he's, his family is obviously the most important thing in the world to him. He and his wife, Susie, I got to know her pretty well. I've been together since they were 15 years old. They met in high school and got married when they were 22 and been together ever since. And they have four kids. Um, Tucker's father, Dick Carlson, who's also was a journalist, still alive, got to know him well. Uh, that's, you know, those are the most important people in his, in his world for sure. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I didn't know a lot of that about Tucker. There's not a lot of personal stuff mm-hmm. out there about Tucker no. Carlson. The first I'd heard his wife's name or even how many children he has. Right. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I knew he loved to fish because he talks a lot about his main cabin where <laughs> he fishes, you know. But again, you know, just his voice today, I think, is really showing a movement and sort of a chasm in the thoughts of people trying to get back to the truth of what's real. What is honest? Where are we yeah. as a he country? He also squirrel hunts a lot, too. It's kind of funny. You wouldn't think he would squirrel hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as he eats something. You call him a redneck dilettante. <laughs> the redneck dilettante. That, that, awesome. That's an interesting, you know, he he, uh, he he was sort of a Bush neocon warmonger and saw the the fallacy of that and, uh, and uh Good on him for that. Well, he's also a class traitor. I think that's his biggest sin, and that's why they hate him so much, because he came from this, you know, people, people, there's a lot of speculation out there that Tucker grew up, you know, very, very wealthy and, you know, silver spoon in his mouth, which isn't really the case. I mean, his his mother was an heiress. She was from one of the richest families in California, but she abandoned her family when Tucker was six years old, and she Wants decided that... Yeah, she decided she wanted to be a kind of art world groupie and hippie and just mothering's not for me. Goodbye. Uh, but, you know, Tucker, his father was in the Reagan administration uh, after 
after he was in a local TV news anchor. But um, he grew up in uh, uh, that kind of Washington, D.C., very wealthy world where he was palling around with everyone. But when he came out on the side of not even necessarily Donald Trump, but Donald Trump's supporters and what Trump stands for is when he became a class trader. And I think that's why the media and the establishment, not only him being so effective in his message and so popular, but that's one of the reasons why they loathe him so much, because he's one of them and he shouldn't be thinking this way and he shouldn't be saying these things. Yeah. One of them being the Washington establishment. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. Yeah. Hey, before right. we run out of time, uh, uh, Chad, why do you think he got fired? What's your hypothesis on this? Well, it was it. It's inarguable at this point to say it wasn't ideological. Uh, and it was, you know, it could have been one of, I think, any of the issues that he really took a counter narrative approach on, which would have been either January 6th, the war in Ukraine, vaccines, um, ESG. Uh, now, what my sources told me, and I have no reason to believe that they don't know what's going on, was that it was a condition in the settlement with Dominion that Fox, you pay us $278 million and also take Tucker off the air. Um, Dominion's denied this and sent me threatening letters because I spoke about it, but I'm just saying, reporting what I was told by sources. Uh, and Fox has also denied this. Um, but what's, and we go into a lot of this into the book. We go into it in much more detail. But, you know, it's clear that, that Tucker had vastly different values than both the Murdochs and many members of Fox board, like Paul Ryan, and also these companies like BlackRock that have controlling interests in Fox News. Uh, and also Dominion, which is owned by straight State Street Capital. Um, State Street Capital and BlackRock are two companies that right. benefit greatly from war. That's why right. I think it was probably Ukraine. Um, but, uh, you know, if if it wasn't a condition from Dominion, then it was certainly an opportune moment for the Murdochs to get rid of Tucker. Uh, Tucker's still an employee of Fox News, by the way. He's still getting a paycheck every week. Um, but they are, uh, because he hasn't violated his contract, they won't let him out of his contract. He's asked to be let go and keep your money. Um, I just want to be free. That's why he's limited in what he's able to do right now. Um, but uh, his contract doesn't end until after the next presidential election. So it was an opportune moment for someone at Fox News to say we want this voice off the air because we don't want Trump to be the nominee. Um, and uh, that's what they did. So it is coming. Hey, Chad, down. If, you, if you text Tucker, you, he texts like he's a you know like he's there's no filters. I <laughs> mean, he texts like even me. I cringe some things he says when he texts. I, I personally think during the Dominion case, they got his text messages and he, he d- demeaned the second generation of the Murdoch family, the kids who were, who were softer and, you know, they like going to the New York parties and they were ch- changing Fox news from what Rupert and Ailes had it, had it doing for years. And I think they saw that and were living, he probably said some things, my, my best guess. And they saw that and probably, that probably expedited it as well. In my, in my working theory. I agree with that, Ron. And I, and I think that the, we're going to be seeing a huge chasm between the rhinos or the establishment, which is Fox news and where conservatives in the election base truly are. And I think Tucker has seen that, and I, I think he is one of the most important voices. And I think of the conservative movement, you're going to see a lot of this, where it's really showing K Street lobbyists, all that skunk works, uh, you know, um, BlackRock, uh, yeah. where the money is flowing and how decisions are being made. I mean, again, thank guys. for Twitter and Elon Musk. Exactly. Another outlet. Yeah, because exactly. I, I think when his contract didn't contemplate Twitter and the media power of Twitter, he just can't go to another station, which gave him a little bit of wiggle room on what what is Twitter as an outlet. And it wasn't contemplated when he did his original contract, which is good for everybody. He's getting, what, 20, 50 million views. Yeah, he, he he's proved he's bigger than yeah. Fox. But Miss York, do you have any questions about either Tucker Carlson or Chadwick Moore's journey? 
I certainly don't have any questions about Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, anybody that pals with Viktor Orban in Hungary and Putin and uh, Koshenko over in, in Belarus and, and tries to preach that pop propaganda here. And, you know, Tucker Carlson has been a liar for many, many years on the air. Mm. <laughs> and and oh, yeah. extremist. And he's, he's very extreme and all this. What's he lied about, Mr. York? Just about anything you want to yeah, name. That's what you always say. But just name one thing. I, I, I don't have to <laughs> name anything to you personally, but you can read the news on what he lies about. Just about everything. Read so the news. Okay. the value of talking about Tucker Carlson is nil to me. I don't have anything to talk about. Mm -mm. Yeah, well. CNN gets about 350,000 viewers on a show. Like Wolf Blitzer or something like that, he's getting fifty million, so he's not worth talking about. Right? Actually, the Trump interview was over two hundred million, I believe. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, and it his, was huge. Uh, interview with um, uh, uh, Robert uh, Kennedy. Uh, no, the, the man who's running for president of Argentina. Yeah, Mil 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 Milley. Yeah, yeah, was, was four hundred fifty million. Or oh, something? I know, larger than the population right. of the U.S. And again, their deep state is now called a runoff, and he's behind. And they're trying to arrest him. Yes. Uh -huh. So listen, but, this is this is a worldwide globalist in action in every way. I, I don't Let me give you a couple of things Tucker's been very negative about, Ron. Transgender rights. Equal negative rights about, people. Uh, he's women's about rights, equal rights. Women's rights. He's been very negative about all of those. Very and negative very about, about all of them. Yes. What, how so? In his comments, in his derogatory he's statements about, about equal women, rights, Mr. York, about special people. rights. Equal rights. Well, let's ask a gay man. Do you believe Tucker is? Uh, mm -hmm. it, it hurts minorities like you. Is he fighting no. against you? Well, as personally, you've met him. His executive producer Justin Wells is gay, <laughs> and that's his right hand man. That's the guy in charge of everything. Uh, everything in Tucker's world. That's his most trusted <laughs> confidant. Uh, you know, I think we're Tucker. When it comes to transgender, I think Tucker raises the same questions that all of us have. Tucker's very much a live and let live guy. Also, he's very much a fine. You want to? You think you're a woman and want to dress up like one? Great. Don't tell me I have to think that you're actually a woman. Don't tell me that you deserve to be, you know, nude in women's spaces with your male maleness on full display, uh, and and the indoctrination of children. I mean, he's taking the very sort of normal mainline approach there. And the Hamas, the, the, the Palestinians that the left, the far left is supporting in this war over there. I mean, they're, 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 at least the Hamas is no longer throwing gays off of tall buildings because they don't have any more tall buildings. <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as in my life, Tucker Carlson has no value, zero. But he calls course, Murdoch, because you isolate calls yourself Murdoch $887 million, million dollars, $887 million for his annex and his extreme views. No, he's not. And he his life. He had Sidney Powell lie. on there, and really Giuliani on there, and interviewed him. He, yeah, that's he, why Sidney Powell is asking for a, a deal, a plea deal, right now. Right, it's because it's costing so much money. It's like six years probation and a whole lot of nothing. It's embarrassing the city of Atlanta to yeah. even have to accept that. They just dismissed seven felony charges against her. I mean, this is exactly. it's all the joke. span. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, Powell was the U.S. attorney who said she had information on the election. It's in Rudy Giuliani was a mayor of New York, 9-11 mayor, who said he had information on the election. Tucker would have been malpractice not to have him on. I'm a trying disaster. to get Rudy down here for a meeting. Will you come oh, you if Rudy should. comes? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. You don't he, need me, though. He, I, he was going to endorse me when I ran for mayor, mm -hmm. but it was during all that. So we said no, because we were afraid it might be. Oh, right. yeah. You better yeah. learn how to pay his bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't get a two point five million dollar cash house either. Or two hundred thousand dollar kickback right. check. All right. Let's, let's circle back to Chadwick, though. I mean, uh 
So, uh, as you look out over the conservative landscape, well, here's even a better question. Brooklyn, New York to Columbia, Tennessee. how does how does that feel when you arrive in Columbia and ha- having left Bro- uh, Brooklyn? Yeah, this morning was so nice. Mm-hmm. It was so quiet and pretty, and I was drinking my coffee. And I was, I, I've been in New York for almost twenty years, and I'm certainly at a point where I'm ready to relocate to a place like Columbia. Maybe Columbia itself. I well, don't know. Nashville is where you fit now. You know, Nashville. With, uh, eh, yeah, you know with, what? No, if I'm leaving, no, if I'm no, leaving no. the biggest city. I'm not going to another city. Well, I'm Nashville's about Daily Wire. The, yeah, Nashville's uh, coming next to Austin. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not but interested Charlie in Nashville. Kirk, I'd be more um, interested in, yeah. in Columbia than Nashville for sure. Uh, well, we can't. Chadwick, wait for you to uh, back. my comments weren't aimed at you. You are a writer. You're a journalist, and certainly I hope you do well with your your biography on Tucker Carlson. But I, I just questioned the subject matter. No, I appreciate that. I'd, I'd love to you send know? you a, a book, Mister York, and uh, maybe maybe I, I, could... I wouldn't read. I will buy it. I will buy it from you for GM for Christmas. How about time. that? I'm not going to waste my time reading something about Tucker Carlson. <laughs> well, it's sort of it's, history. it's sort of the human story. Read of the Koran instead. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll read the Koran before I read Tucker Carlson <laughs> <laughs> about Biden, Mister York. Everything I've ever learned about, and I will read the Bible also. I read Tucker Carlson. You gotta read other side, Mr. Young. I read both sides. But, but it's gotta feel, you know, that ostracization you felt in Brooklyn, uh, you know, and and what people don't understand, I think, about Columbia, Tennessee, is well, you know, we're we're two thirds conservative Republican here in this part of the world, uh, about a third Democrat, and uh, that's hence we the three days with the view has two Republicans and one Democrat, but. Uh, I think people in Brooklyn don't realize that, you know, we're 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 more than fine with a gay guy here in Columbia, Tennessee. I mean, <laughs> yep. my church has uh, same-sex marriage couples in it. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it, it makes liberals' heads spin. Right? They don't well, it doesn't make that. our heads spin, Del, because the the right has so long been opposed to any type of understanding somebody's lifestyle and all of a sudden you now you're embracing it that's good that's no, progress we've always de- we always believe in self-determination you know ron hart and i have always been libertarians always <laughs>